A coalition of media organizations, including the Minnesota Reformer, sent a letter to the Minnesota House DFL leadership decrying the treatment of MinPost Capitol reporter Peter Callaghan. Journalists should not be forced to walk on eggshells for fear they will be removed or arrested by armed guards. If they ask a question that someone on your staff believes is rude, reads the letter. The letter was written by... Um, Ledia Walker, an attorney specializing in the First Amendment for Ballad Spar. Among the media organizations signed on was Axios, Fox 9, CARE 11, the Manco Free Press, the Minnesota Chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists, the Minnesota Public Radio, MemPost, the Pioneer Press, and the Star Tribune. By the way, where were, where were they when it came to Scott Johnson? From, <clears throat> just wanted to throw that out there. A House DFL spokesman didn't respond to a request for comment. So what happened? The dispute between MemPost and House leadership stems from an incident going back to February 9th. During a House DFL news conference, after reporters were told they'd be allowed to ask one more question, Callaghan responded, no, we can take several more questions. We're trying to understand this bill. Uh, Walter Hudson joins me in studio as I continue to give uh, details on this. The story doesn't... doesn't um, say what it was i don't know if it matters all that much do you know what bill that they were that they were debating at the time that he was trying to ask questions on no i do not okay. i have not had the opportunity yet to go back and look at the video good morning sir good morning well uh walker recounts in the letter this would be this will be the attorney um how after the news conference the house dfl spokesman matt rosowski approached mr callaghan and in front of his colleagues from other news organizations upbraided him for his comment and threatened to call his editor Mr. Callaghan perceived Mr. Uh, Rosanowski to be visibly angry and physically aggressive and responded with profanity. The House DFL responded by removing Callaghan from the press release email list, which left him in the dark as to the goings-on in the House. The move was later rescinded. On February 17th, a House DFL official and the House Director of Human Resources accused Callaghan of discrimination and harassment based on his objection to the end of the press conference. In support of their accusation, the House officials cited a policy that applies to House members and employees, not independent media. House leadership sent a letter to MemPost asserting Callaghan's comment during the news conference raised serious concerns under the House policy on discrimination and harassment. House counsel, the House sergeant-at-arms, the Capitol Security were notified. Walker writes that the notification could be read as a threat. There's more of a quote here, but uh, Walter Hudson, your thoughts on this, good sir? It reminds me of that moment in Die Hard where John McClane is trying desperately to get the attention of any law enforcement from outside the building and they just keep ignoring all the really obvious signs that something terrible is going on inside and uh finally finally he he prompts the the uh, terrorist to be able to attack the folks who are outside the building and then uh, he gives his now famous line welcome to the party pal yeah seriously that's where we're at wow um this is indicative of the contempt and profound arrogance that has been on display by this majority the entire legislative session. And it goes to show that it is not limited to their contempt for elected Republicans. It is on display for the entirety of the Minnesota public, including those who report the news on their behalf.
You will take their talking points. You will reprint their press releases. You will accept the first answer given. You will not ask a follow-up. And if you are in any way out of line, out of order, as they define it arbitrarily, then you will, they, you will face consequences. And we saw this, by the way, on the House floor last night as we were debating House File 3, which is one of their atrocious election bills, um, which they passed, of course, uh, where our members, um, primarily Representative Anu Brindley, um, with some great research that was done by Representative Elliot Engen, was pointing out the fact that a large section of the bill um, that we were debating had had been copied and pasted from a nonprofit organization that is primarily funded by a Swiss billionaire. Now, the, now the irony here is, the irony here is, is that the the language in question is supposedly meant to preclude foreign influence from our elections, right? So you've got you've got a Swiss billionaire. You can't make it up, man. Funding a nonprofit that drafts legislation, model legislation, to supposedly remove foreign influence from our elections. Stunning. Uh, in another moment, also Representative Anu Brindley, um, she stood up to point out that this bill is going to allow the pre-registration to vote of convicted felons. And she offered, by way of example, the recent situation with... Uh, Ramsey County attorney Mary Moriarty, where she decided that she was not going to try as adults two juveniles who were involved in the murder of a 23-year-old woman inside her own apartment. And because every single time that she tried to make this point, uh, Majority Leader Jamie Long would get up on the House floor and, and attempt to call her out of order, raise a point of order that she's evoking personalities by virtue of the fact that she's mentioning the Ramsey County attorney and mentioning a thing that happened in the real world that's relevant to the bill that we're considering. And we had this prolonged, ridiculous back and forth on the House floor that it just, it, it by the way, it absolutely demonstrates the complete thin skin ineffectiveness and uh, lack of sobriety in the leadership of the majority mm -hmm. because the, the, what he was trying to affect was us not making our point. And instead, we ended up making it like 17 times more than we otherwise would have. And there was this really interesting tension between the majority leader and the speaker pro tem, uh, Representative Wolgamont, who was standing in for uh, Speaker Hortman, where you could tell Wolgamont got it. He was like, this, you, this raising of points of order is not helping us. And he kept trying to offer subtle hints in the ways that he was administrating the proceedings, but the majority leader wasn't catching the hint. Because, because again, going back to this story, mm -hmm. they have such a profound, unhinged sense of arrogance. Yeah. They believe that they should never be challenged. They believe that they should never be confronted with anything that's inconvenient, any truth that doesn't make them look good, any, any difficulty that they might have to actually contend with. They... They regard themselves as royalty. You dare not speak against the king. 
the through line, and and this is where my where my head had landed on this as, as well. We covered this extensively yesterday, but the the comments from Hornstein debating this ridiculous seventy five cent delivery tax and sort of using the very typical Democrat DFL you know talking points and attempting to argue their bills, but in almost everything, the arrogance is right there yeah. on on it, it's right there on the surface and. Having it displayed in this sense and actually seeing the media outlets, I don't know if anything's going to change. I'm not sitting here holding my breath expecting anything to change. It is a step in the right direction that at least this part of it's being exposed. But unless the rest of it is, unless what you are talking about continues to gain attention, I don't see anything changing Soon, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there. I'm looking at the. I just I I want to make sure we've got enough time. I know we've got you for a short time this morning because I want to get deeper into that. And one of the things I want to ask you about coming up is um, beyond if we can get into some of these issues. Is it all seems broken right now to a point where this is well beyond a DFL trifecta. This is well beyond now just. Elections have consequences. They were given all the all the power. I mean, and they're they're proving that it's gone beyond that. So right. I want I want to address a bit of that. We'll get to more with Walter Hudson, state representative, coming up in a moment. Talkbacks, of course, are open. If you're listening on the iHeart Radio app, and the phone number six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. Can you ask Mr. Hudson, um, whoever's running for office next, can they start getting out there now and expose what? The trifecta is doing. I'm pretty sure the majority of the state is unaware and nobody's talking about it. Twin Cities News Talk, John Justice, producer Robbie for a Friday, your grunge bumper music. And State Representative Walter Hudson joins me in studio. Something similar to the comment I was going to make in a moment. But, you know, I mean, when it comes to what the talkbacker said, I mean, how does that how does that happen? You have media organizations sending a letter defending the MinPost Capital reporter who's basically experienced the same kind of opposition to what the GOP has been experiencing during the legislative session. But what do you say to a talkbacker like that? Well, that same media organization, the Minnesota Reformer, um, that was reporting on the fact that there's this broad coalition of every media organization under the sun um, protesting against the arrogant and disrespectful treatment from the governing majority uh, to one of their own, they turned around and reported on the debate we had last night and included virtually nothing that we had to say um, in terms of, and we were bringing the receipts, right, in terms of attacking the merits of this legislation and demonstrating that what they claim it does, it does not do. The complete lack of consistency in terms of the, the goal they claim they're trying to affect, like, for instance, removing foreign influence. They say they want to remove foreign influence from the elections, but the language of their bill only restricts corporations that have a certain percentage of foreign ownership from participating in our election system and, and uh, advocating for election issues and candidates. It does not prevent foreign influence from nonprofits, such as the one that provided the model legislation in question, mm-hmm. um, or from unions. I mean, how many unions have the word international in their name, SEIU and such, right? Uh, They're not interested in removing that foreign influence. They weren't interested in foreign influence when they passed driver's licenses for all and had outside the doors of the House chamber an entire contingent of unashamed illegal immigrants demanding 
that they get driver's licenses from the state of Minnesota. That foreign influence wasn't a concern for them. But that wasn't reported. That perspective is never going to make it into the mainstream media. And right. so to the talkbacker's question of, you know, why why won't people who are running a presumably for statewide office get out now, get out front and start talking? Listen, I got a better plan than that. Our caucus has a better plan than that. You've got a whole bunch of us, dozens of us throughout the state who are currently elected on the front lines, who are doing what I'm doing now, bringing the message directly to you. Now, nobody's echoing the stuff I'm saying either, right? Yeah. Like, I get it. I have the platform here. I have my Twitter. I have my Facebook. Check them out. I have my email legislative updates. Go sign up for them. Um, but you cannot expect, it is unreasonable to expect that this media, you know, in this case, they pushed back because it was personally offensive to them, the arrogance of the majority. But they are not going to turn on their their ideological allies and start asking them real questions. That is never going to happen, no matter what I say or any other candidate or incumbent says. And so we have to learn how to operate outside of and circumventing that institutional disadvantage. And that means alternatives such as this one here. Yeah, well, and it goes to the fact that the the places in our society right now that provide the the biggest level of influence on, let's just say for the sake of argument, you know, DFLers in the legislature – it's not you guys in the middle of debate while you're doing a fantastic job during debates and hearings at the Capitol. They don't care about that. Right. The, you know, Hornstein, as we played yesterday, he'll answer questions from Peggy Scott, but he's just going to do his time. He's going to speak his garbage. They're going to have to move on to the next procedural part of it. The, 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 the world that we, the world that we currently live in in the social sphere. It's a, it's completely disconnected to the way that we're conducting our politics and policy and crafting our legislation and our bills. And therein lies the disconnect. And I think it goes to what you were just talking about. People are going to have to get more engaged and active in the public sphere in a way that provides that influence and gets the message out to individuals so that outside pressure actually lands on those individuals making those decisions. Because right now there is no outside pressure landing on them. Here's what you need to understand. This is not a debate club. You are truth, honesty, clarity, reason are rewarded with nothing in this process. They simply do not matter. What matters in, in politics, which is the adjudication of power, what matters is having power. And so folks need to get their heads out of the sand. We are stuck in this idea that if we have the better argument, that by virtue of being righteous and correct, we're somehow going to prevail. That is not how nope. it works. Nope. We have to get more ballots in boxes than the other side. That is all that matters. Yeah. When we, when we have more ballots in boxes than the other side, then we'll be able to make the reasoned arguments and prevail because we'll have the votes. And having the votes is the only thing that matters. We're going to get into a little bit more of that uh, coming up in just a moment. A couple of pieces that I've been uh, hanging on to, including one from uh, Alpha News of the GOP has an obligation to protect its voters. And it gets into that uh, into that very issue. Unfortunately, 
State Representative Walter Hudson, we are out of time. I know you got to get busy. Yeah. Thank you for coming in this morning. We'll uh, hopefully uh, talk to you again on uh, on Tuesday. Keep up the good work. I, I couldn't I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> I couldn't keep my cool. I could barely hold it together yesterday. Is I just that, couldn't do it. Is that what I'm doing? Am I keeping my cool? You're keeping your cool. <laughs> I think so. You know, keep talking to as many people as you can. I know that you are. So and I appreciate the uh, time that you give us and getting the word out there, buddy. So have yourself a great uh, a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good.